honesty, passion, experience. It's Timberwolves Explosion, hosted on thesportstuff.com. And now, your host, Paladino Joey. Logan Timberwolves fans, are you ready for the explosion of Timberwolves basketball? I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Timberwolves Explosion is available on Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today. Great to be back talking Timberwolves basketball. Two games this last week, and unfortunately, both losses. As an old friend of mine, Nicholas Borboom, Nick Borboom, if he's listening, he used to listen, I don't know, I haven't heard from him in a while, hope he's doing good, uh, would say, could be worse, right? Yeah, could be worse, but could be better too. Kind of sucky losses. Both games that should have probably been won, I think. I mean, losing to Memphis at home, come on, even even Wayne Hunt would agree with that, right? Wayne Hunt, Grizzlies fan, no John Morant, come on, come on now. 115-107, and then the Dallas game, the Wolves are leading by like double digits, well into the second half, and then it's, yeah, and then just it didn't work out at all. That was crappy. I don't know. Uh, Dylan Brooks killed the Timberwolves again, just like last time around. Again, there's no Marcus Gasol. Uh, John Morant had a pretty good game last time around. This time, it's Dylan Brooks and a bunch of bit players. Tyus Jones got to start at seven assists. Nice homecoming for him. Um, want to give a shout out to Kelvin, also on. Uh, Facebook. He actually offered me to go to the game. I just couldn't make it. You know, just too much. And for me, it's really hard to go to games. You know, I mean, I, yeah, I, <laughs> it's it's a pain in the butt to go to games. It's like almost like an airport now with all the security and such. It's getting silly. And it's like it's fun to go. Don't get me wrong. It's fun to go, and I should go. But I think my analysis, my ability to analyze the game and all that, a little better actually being here. Unless I was way down in press row, then then there you go. Yeah, down in press row with a with a laptop and hooked up and everything. That'd be a lot of fun then. But I don't know. I you know you know how HD is. You know how HD is. It's easier. So again, shout out to Calvin. I appreciate him so much. And of course, my schedule is, you know, it's fluctuating all the time. So I just never know what's going on until like the day comes. Unless it's a work day, then I know exactly what's going on. But again, a one fifteen one oh seven loss. Nice to see Tyus Jones have a little moments here and there. It was a decent game for him. Dylan Brooks just killed the Wolves, though. Four of five from downtown and a big fadeaway late in the game. He was followed by, uh, or, or was he followed? You know what I mean? It was one of those ticky-tack calls by uh, on Robert Covington late in the game that ended up kind of being the dagger with about a minute left. That was frustrating. Uh, Jeff Teague, of course, again, moved to the bench. Interesting statistics brought up this week. I'll, I'll, give a, I'll cite the, the show, Raised by Wolves. Obviously, very good show on Score North. Please stick to this show if you can. If you uh, you can listen to both, nothing wrong with that. But yeah, please stick to this show if you can. But an interesting stat brought up though that uh, the Timberwolves with the Jeff Teague lineup out there, the Jeff Teague starting lineup, the classic Robert Covington, Trevon Graham with uh, you know with uh, Wiggins and Towns, with Jeff Teague in a you know in, in a seventy minute span, they've been outscored by like fourteen points. You know, it's just crazy. Uh, 70 minutes combined with the players. And then with uh, Culver, it's like the opposite. It's like 14 points. The Wolves outscore their opponents. So a huge difference with Jeff Teague and Culver starting. Uh, clearly, Jared Culver brings... <laughs> he brings a lot. He does. He He's not the best shooter yet. He's got some, you know... He's got some wrinkles to iron out. He's got to get stronger physically, all that. But he is a very valuable player. I love his defense. He's more tenacious. 
He can drive to the basket. He's showing more and more confidence. You'll see, definitely see that in the Dallas game. But he was solid in the Memphis game. He did make half of his shots, driving to the basket, and a couple of mid-rangers he did make one three along the way, one of four. Not great. Generally speaking, though, the gist of today's show is like the three-point shot. I mean, it, it really is the three-point shot in general. And I know last show we talked about the top of the key with Carl Anthony Towns. The guy's like fifty percent from out there. That's insane. Uh, and then Al Wiggins actually was better with. Uh, dribble threes, basically, you know, like putting up threes after like two or three dribbles, if that makes sense, of course, versus the catch and shoot, which is the darndest thing I've ever heard. Catch and shoot is super high uh, percentage, in my humble opinion. For me, it's like crazy. It's like a complete difference. Um, of course, you know, again, if you get a rhythm, you get a feel for the ball. I mean, that feels damn good making a three in those situations. Believe me, I know. Carl <laughs> uh, Anthony Towns is definitely catch and shoot, though, and uh, when he's up at the top of the key, he just catches it and lets it go. And again, like I said, 50% from downtown during the course of the season or slightly under it, whatever. Uh, close close enough, <laughs> like 49%. 30% for the Wolves in this game, 11 of 36. And generally speaking, you know, it's been plaguing them forever, giving up threes, 40% from Memphis. And again, Dylan Brooks, wherever the heck he came from the last, last year and a half or so, nobody knew who he was like a year and a half ago, unless you're like super duper hardcore in terms of like, you know, every single player and every single team. Like, you have to be a borderline general manager. And I know. <clears throat> People have heard of him. We've heard of him. We've seen the name in the lineups. But it's like, you don't really, you know, you don't really know all that much about him until now. He's a good player. Now he's a good player. Sometimes guys emerge like that. I mean, they they do. Obviously, we all know who Grayson Allen is at Duke. And he was a well-debated figure. Kind of a kind of a chippy guy. He made half of his threes. And he's a valuable piece. And again, again, then during that uh, Mike Conley acquisition for the Utah Jazz, Grayson Allen winds up with the Memphis Grizzlies, and, well, I mean, he's, he can certainly hit the shots, he can certainly hit shots, he can frustrate people, he's more of like a shooting guard than a point guard at the end of the day, even though he can certainly play the point, but it looks like he's more of kind of an offensive, uh, you know, spark plug off the bench, that's what Grayson Allen was in this game, much to our chagrin. Not a good game for Minnesota, Andrew Wiggins did not shoot well at all, Carol Anthony Towns did not shoot well, 1 of 10 from downtown, 7 of 20, 6 to 17 for Andrew, it was guys like Covington and Culver, they should have gotten the ball more at the end of the day. It's just, I don't know. Certain players, you wish, you know, when their shots aren't falling, they give it to hotter hands. I mean, there's hot hands on the floor. Jeff Teague made all eight of his free throws, so that's good. Again, he doesn't provide the energy at times, which drives people insane. And it's making him very tough to trade, even though it's a $19 million off the books type of situation. Timberwolves' salary cap situation is what it is, because you got Carl and Andrew, you know, gulping up a lot of it. Obviously, nice to have Shabazz Napier back in the fold. He made a single three in the game and made a free throw down the stretch after missing one. Josh Jacoby's minutes have fallen off a bit. His, his shooting has gone down the you-know-what. Unfortunately, Katie Bates' job continues to be insanely efficient. Insanely efficient. I'm just going to keep saying that word. Insanely efficient. Katie Bates' job. Diop. I don't know. Everybody calls him Diop. It's his, I, I thought it was Jop. I don't know. I'm going to keep calling him that. Made both of his threes. He provides defense. He provides intangibles. He's a better player than Trevon Graham. Uh, Trevon Graham started out the season doing, you know, with with the intangibles and occasional make make a couple baskets close to the hoop, you know, that that type of thing. Maybe a three once in a blue moon, but he can't shoot, and everybody knows it. The whole league knows Trevon Graham can't shoot. It's like you just watch one Wolves game, a portion of a Wolves game with him on the floor. He can't shoot. It's like plain as day. So, uh, Kata Bates can, and Kata Bates does bring a lot of those intangibles that uh, 
Trevon Graham brings. Uh, I would say Trevon Graham's a more physical guy. He's a big, tough son of a gun. I wouldn't want to meet him in a dark alley. <laughs> Trevon Graham's a real tough son of a biscuit. Pardon the goofball French there. That wasn't different than anything. He's a real tough guy. Uh, Kata Bates' job, not as physical, but certainly does provide a little bit of everything. A little bit of offense, or, well, a significant offense, an efficient offense. A little defense, some rebounding. He can, uh, again, move the ball around very well, swing the ball around. And the fact he can hit threes, which is, well, it's like it or not, that's the Wolves' system. And the Wolves are not worrying about personnel at this stage. The system is the system. And at this moment, it's good that it's a good thing the Timberwolves are 500 versus, you know, 6-13 and 13 like Memphis. But Memphis is 2-0 and 0 against the Timberwolves. So, yeah, that's two of those six wins, Garth, against us. Great. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure Wayne Hunt is having a good laugh at that one. And I don't blame him, actually. I don't blame him. <laughs> I'm not too cocky right now at 10 and 10. I'm not too cocky at all. Um, but, I mean, at least we are 10 and 10, despite the fact... See, this system, the system and the personnel doesn't match that well. It really doesn't. Uh, apparently, the players, other than Carl, Andrew, and, and uh, Robert Covington, are 27% from downtown. So, clearly, the other players around them are not shooting well from downtown, though I would make an exception with Katerbeck's job. He is making his threes. He's making them, and I appreciate it. He's actually 54% right now. So that percentage could climb. <laughs> Jared Culver's not too good from downtown yet, and he wasn't too good in college from downtown. Uh, his numbers are steadily climbing, but generally speaking, his field goal percentage still stinks at this point. We're used to that around here at our point guard position. <laughs> He's actually the only Timberwolf at this moment who's played every game. So, cool. Only one Timberwolf remains on the entire roster. Has played in every single game. So, bravo, Jarrett Culver. Didn't get suspended. Didn't get hurt. Good for you. And l luckily, no personal issues either. Um, so, again, like sad things happening in the background. Which I can't... I, Andrew Wiggins, I feel for him there. And, of course, he got sick right afterwards. So, he missed uh, a third game after the two personal ones unfortunately there. And and the thing is, when I was talking about 27% from downtown, it's not like Andrew's scorching the net. He's about 34.5%. That's, eh, it's okay. Uh, Covington is, is decent from downtown. He's been a classic D3 most of his career, and he can definitely hit the three. Though I wouldn't say he's been on this beautiful clip all season, because he hasn't. Jeff Keeg isn't even, he's making one out of four all season from downtown. He's not shooting well at all. His assists are nice. He's a steady uh, offensive weapon at times, but then you get the effort. You're wondering if there is any. Uh, you sit down and analyze Jeff Teague. You watch him, and you you know there are moments where it, he just looks like he doesn't care, and then he does care, and then he doesn't care, and he does care, and he doesn't care. It's kind of back and forth. It's confusing and frustrating for all of us Timberwolves fans at the end of the day. <sighs> Jalen Noel continues to not get uh, playing time, unfortunately. I wouldn't mind seeing him out there, but I do like what Jarrett Culver has brought to the Minnesota Timberwolves. I do. Um, you're seeing intangibles. You're seeing aggressiveness. And you're starting to see some of that confidence that wasn't really there at the beginning. I think Jarrett Culver will be a good player in this league. I do. Uh, is he going to make the All-Star team five times? Not quite there yet. But <laughs> not quite confident that he's going to be that type of player yet. But, again, as he fills out physically, and he better, damn it. He better add some muscle, a significant amount of it. And I think uh, Jared Culver could could really be something in this league. Uh, again, he can do a little bit of everything. He can, and he can hit threes, particularly in uh, momentum situations, particularly in the Dallas game. That was a good one uh, for him. Had some really good moments in that one. Unfortunately, the Timberwolves as a whole just kind of let that one slip by, just like we did with the Memphis Grizzlies, who led most of the game. 
awful third quarter, 38 points. Again, getting scorched from downtown in the fourth quarter was just kind of a seesaw battle that wound up with Memphis winning by eight points in the target center. Tim Rule's home record is not up to par, folks. I'm not impressed. I'm not happy. Kind of ticked off, actually. And I don't know. I don't blame a soul who is. <laughs> I really don't. We better quickly move on to the Dallas Mavericks. Not too surprising the Timberwolves lost this game, but at the same time, with how well the Wolves are playing, or at least the position the Wolves are in because Dallas wasn't shooting well, Luka Doncic, Mr. MVP, which, no, not not yet. I'm not going to rip on Luka Doncic, believe me. I'm not up here trashing Luka Doncic, okay? Okay, I'm not going to do that. I'm not crazy. Timberwolves are 3-7 and seven at home, 7-3 and three on the road. That is crazy. So you're literally, there, there's your 500 record. 3-7 and seven at home, 3-7. and seven. And this was only the Wolves' third loss on the road, by the way, in American Airlines Center, home of the Dallas Stars as well. Luka Doncic, yep, he's one of those guys with a like a uh, small forward body who plays point guard at a very, very, very high level. Did not have a good game. He did not. Uh, he was one away from downtown, but the three he did hit was major down the stretch. It was a dagger, one of many daggers by the freaking bleeping Mavericks in this game. One of many daggers, Dwight Powell didn't miss anything the whole game. 9 of 9, including two threes, 24 points. A perfect game, basically, for Dwight Powell. Awesome night for him, number 7 of the Dallas Mavericks. So both guys with 7s, 7 and 7-7, seven, seven. <laughs> eh, you know, hit some big shots down the stretch. Luka Doncic, again, he makes it look easy. He, he almost has a slow-motion vibe to his game. It, it's interesting. He's kind of like Harden a little bit, but maybe smoother? I don't know. Obviously, smooth. Harden's obviously an established all-star. Everybody loves him, and actually, no, a lot of people don't like him. But everybody knows he's a he's a star. He's an MVP candidate every year because he can do everything. Offensively, he can do everything. Offensively, he can do everything. Let's leave the defense exactly where it is when it comes to James Harden, <laughs> Luka Doncic. Eh, one thing about him, and Jim Peterson brought it up. Yeah, remember? Well, you know, I was comparing him to uh, Arvita Sabonis a little bit. Obviously, different size. Uh, not seven three, seven two, whatever, like Arvidas Sabonis. That guy was a, a human giant. He was a, yeah, he was one of the giants in the land that they mentioned in the Bible. Yeah, that, that's uh, Arvidas Sabonis. Doncic isn't that big. He's only 6'7", but still big for a point guard, obviously. Uh, and, boy, the unicorn looks like a giant. He does. He's so tall, obviously, very long. That's why his defense is so great. Perfect fit for the Mavericks, by the way, for so many reasons. Oh, yeah, the unicorn. He is a son of a gun. He really is. Um, but no, back to Arvidas Sabonis. Remember almost every other time Arvidas Sabonis went to the basket, he'd put his hands up and shake his head and kind of chuckle and laugh about the call. <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch. And you were seeing that from Luka Doncic almost every other. He complains a lot, too, for a 20, 20-year-old. 20 He's, boy, he, he he loves to complain. He does. Uh, Arvidas Sabonis was so funny. Me and my friend Paul used to laugh and have have fun watching that. This that <laughs> he's going down the court every every other time he went down the court. He thought he was fouled and there's no call. <laughs> I loved I loved Arvidas Sabonis. It was so funny. Uh, and you're seeing a little of that from Doncic complaining one after every single play practically. Where's the call? His hands are up in the air. It, it is what it is. It's entertaining. It's entertaining. It's, I'm sure it's annoying for the refs. He might build a little reputation for himself if he keeps it up on the negative side. We'll say this was not a great game for Doncic. So, 
back-to-back times in Dallas for me that I saw Dante against the Wolves. And I'm like, he's not that great. Yeah, he's a he, he is, he is, but he's not an MVP in my mind. He will be someday, probably. He's probably going to get it someday. But he's not there yet. Uh, you know, he's not. Even when he's at the top of his game, he's not quite there yet. It's just not time. Kata Bates Jop was out there at the worst time. He made every shot in the game, but only three attempts, and he was a minus 23. Unlucky for him, he was out there at the wrong place, wrong time. Literally, literally wrong place, wrong time. Robert Covington at plus eight in the game. Pretty good. Uh, six of ten from downtown. He was the reason why the Wolves are ahead. 22 points. Games like this are why you fall in love with Robert Covington and wish he could do this every night. You wish so much he could. You know the talent's there. You know the ability's there. But sometimes they just, you know, the ball just doesn't go his way. Uh, guys like, obviously, Towns and Wiggins have their, they have their roles and they take their 20, 20 plus shots a game most of most nights, even when the shot's not falling. Uh, like Wiggins, 7 of 24, like Wiggins, but 9 of 11 from the free throw. And at least he made well over 50% there. Wiggins' efficiency, in my opinion, has dropped dramatically the last week and a half. Uh, I don't know. I, I hope to see better. I like the 26 points. I like that number, but mm, 3 of 8 from downtown isn't bad. It's not great. 7 of 24, though. I mean, it's just forcing up shots when other guys probably could help you out. Teague was awful. Uh, 6 assists, though. That's good, but generally speaking, awful at the end of the day in moments when you needed him. Shabazz Napier, you barely even noticed him out there. He's just kind of part of the scenery right now. He just kind of, yes, Trevon Graham had a good solid uh, 12 minutes out there. He was efficient in the time he was out there. But, again, the Wolves bench did not provide a whole lot in this game. Uh, Gorga Zhang didn't score, and his minutes are so low in this game. His minutes were so low in this game that it didn't help. Josh Akogi enters the starting lineup, and he was just, he was okay. He got his rebounds, he provided some energy, but, again, he was not a difference maker for the Timberwolves in this one. The difference maker for me was Derek Culver, where the two difference makers were Culver and Covington. Uh, Towns, obviously, very efficient in the game. Don't get me wrong. He was awesome throughout the entire night. And I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing Carl Anthony Towns at all. He was the best player on the floor, period, in the game, I'd have to say, actually, uh, generally speaking. It's just, uh, you know, well, other than Dwight Powell, my goodness, Dwight Powell, who's, whose man was that? That's my one question. At the end of the day, I'm, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but Covington and Culver, awesome. Uh, there was a great moment there, too, when Doncic was driving to the basket, and Culver literally just stripped the ball right out of Doncic's hands, came down the court, a couple dribbles, and then put up the three and nailed it. Uh, it was his only three in the game, so, but it was a wonderful momentum play by Jared Culver, literally stripping the ball away from Luka Doncic, showing no fear whatsoever saying, yeah, you're a great player, but I'm going to challenge you. And he challenged him well, and then he drove, again, driving down the court and hitting the three, wound up with eight rebounds and six assists to go with his 11 points. It actually counted as a steal, I believe. Yes, that was a steal. He did have two blocks in the game, too, from your point guard, Jared Culver. He's going to provide some really solid, tenacious defense, even with the lack of strength. Uh, one 20-year-old versus another, Culver and Doncic. Nice battle between the two. Very impressive at the end of the day for Culver. Uh, frustrating Doncic on some plays. So, you can't tell me that Doncic's field goal percentage being so poor had nothing to do with Jared Culver's defense. Because it did. I'm impressed. And Jared Culver is becoming more and more already of what what he could be in this league. A solid defensive player who can kind of do everything. Uh, and I think the numbers are going to come up. I think there's a reason why Jared Culver went, went uh, as high as he did in the draft. Sixth overall. There's a good reason. And I'm looking forward to Jared Culver's future in this league. 
I could see him averaging 17 points, 9 assists, 6-7 rebounds, and then be a defensive force that'll frustrate the hell out of people. And maybe the numbers will be even higher than 17 points. Obviously, we're just not there yet. He's at about 9.5 right now. And again, the 3 point percentage isn't there. But I think it's coming. He had a good... Just the way he released that ball after the play. When he's kind of in those momentum moments when he's coming up the court and lets go of the ball... That's when he's at his best, I think. I think he's at his best in those plays. When he, when he, it's just a momentum three, boom, those big moments, which could make him a very, very clutch, very deadly player in the years to come. Uh, I, I, I like what I see out of this guy. I do. I'm, I'm impressed. I, I don't necessarily see him as a perennial all star, but who knows? I mean, the sky, the sky's still there. I mean, there's, there's, still, there's, there's still no ceiling for Culver at this moment. It's not because I think he's going to be the next Michael Jordan. The ceiling, there is no there is no ceiling yet. That's the good part. I, I don't think there really is. I don't think it's like, oh, this is all he's going to be. No. I, I think there's a lot more to come. And it's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, Culver strengthen up and build even more confidence. And and uh, hopefully that three-point shot develops more and more because it's there. I think it's there. I think it's there, and I think it's coming. I think it's going to go up. Before you know it, he'll be 35% and, you know, at least at Wiggins level and go from there. So we shall see what happens with Derek Culver's future. For me, again, um, it's the three-point shot in a lot of ways that's going to kind of, we're going to kind of live and die by the three here in Minnesota. And over the next couple years in the summer, the free agency, the trades that will happen, there will be trades. And I do hope Jared Culver is not one of the people traded. I'm looking at Jared Culver as a guy I want on this roster. I'm telling you, I want Jared Culver on the Timberwolves roster. Because look at him versus Jeff Keeg. And Jeff Teague is a player who's been established. There's a reason why the Timberwolves paid him $19 million. It's not because he's a complete piece of crap. All of you out there that might be ripping him and saying he's trash, he has had some success in the league with the Indiana Pacers, Atlanta Hawks. So, he's had success in the league. It's not like he was garbage. I was actually kind of excited when the Wolves signed him. I always kind of liked Jeff Teague, and I liked him going into the draft years ago. Still can't believe how long ago that is. My God. Seems like yesterday Jeff Teague was there, and I'm on the internet pressing the ESPN, uh, you know, that was right about when that lottery machine started. When you just press the button and it does the little shuffle, da 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 oh, Timberwolves picked number one, you know? <laughs> yes! Well, they did once, and thank God they got that guy. Whew. We all know who that is already, Cat. So, and I'm not, a, I'm not a nickname guy. I like to just call him who he is, Carl Anthony Towns. But no, Jared Culver is not a guy I want to lose right now. I, I, I don't want to p- package him in a deal. I, I, I want him on the Timberwolves unless unless you're literally getting like, you know, I, I don't even, Doncic? Unless you're literally getting like a Doncic or something, then it kind of is what it is. <laughs> then it is what it is. But Jared Culver traded, no. I, I think he is a big piece. Um, and again, the difference, the minus 14 versus plus 14 I don't think you can really argue with that. That's a spectacular statistic. Absolutely spectacular statistic at the end of the day. Love Jared Culver. I don't know if I'm going to give him the... I want to give it to him. I want to give him the Lone Wolf Award. I think it's got to go to Carl Anthony Towns, generally speaking, just almost by default. It's not like he had a spectacular game against Memphis, but he was very good against Dallas. And obviously, he's the best player on the floor. But I'm going to give like a... a I'm going to and and Wiggins was decent against Memphis uh, for the well, no he wasn't. He wasn't. Uh he put up some points, he put up some numbers, but generally not that great. 7 of 20 for Carl. Uh, 
I want to give it to Culver. I'm going to give Culver the Alpha Wolf for this show. As good as I'm going to give it to him because again he was good against Memphis, good and solid. He was. He was better against uh, his st- overall stats were better against Memphis, but the way he challenged Doncic and the difference maker he truly is on this team. I'm going to give Jared Culver the Alpha Wolf for this show. And again, obviously strong honorable mention where he can share it with Carl Anthony Towns, that type of thing. You know, that's because it's kind of common sense. Wiggins did not shoot very well. I don't think he was that good for the most part. I kind of almost want to give Wiggins a very weak, a very weak Johnny Flynn memorial at the end of the day. I, I don't know. Uh, I can't give it to Gorgie Zhang. Jeff Teague is going to get the Johnny Flynn memorial. Yeah, just no energy. He, he had some moments here and there against Memphis, and he was awful against Dallas when he could have been a difference maker. He could have helped at least be that spark plug off the bench, which he was not. He was not the spark plug off the bench. I think, again, Culver versus Teague is a pretty, pretty big no-brainer at this moment for the Timberwolves. It truly is. So Teague, Jeff Teague, will be bringing in the uh, Johnny Flynn Memorial for these two games. With that said, we got four games to preview now as the schedule deepens and gets more interesting. I talked a lot for just two games, but I had a lot to say. Uh, a lot of analysis there going in with Jared Culver and some of those numbers and Doncic and all that. So I'm sure you don't mind. I hope you don't. With that said, we'll come back and preview four games and move forward. Gerson Rosas, I know you have moves to make up and coming, but don't trade Jared Culver. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. Got four games to preview. That's what we're going to do here in this segment. Oklahoma City Thunder, OKC, which once was an entertaining matchup, hopefully still can be. Danilo Gallinari leading that club in scoring. Along with Shai Gilgia something. Uh, S.G. Alexander. Let's just call him that. (laughs) Shai Alexander? Shay Alexander? It's Alexander. Uh, He's a guy acquired again in the... uh, uh, Paul George trade. I almost called him. Well, yeah, it is Chris Paul. Chris Paul and Paul George. Chris Paul and Paul George. A guy by the name of Justin Patton has played two games for them. Way at the bottom there, about four minutes a game. He scored a basket in each. Nope, he's gotten two personal fouls in each. Wow. Impressive start for Justin Patton. He scored one basket so far for them. That's what he scored for the Timberwolves. One basket. One basket. Nerlens Noel, limited minutes, but still, you know, can be a spark plug. I'd like to have him. Dennis Schroeder, Always want to call him Schrader, but this one it is Schroeder. Schroeder, Schroeder, right? Where's Lucy? Okay, Dennis Schroeder, again, valuable uh, spark plug type of player. Obviously, plays point, plays shooting guard with Chris Paul, mostly manning the point guard position. He's actually played in all the games so far. It's kind of weird seeing him in a OKC jersey and the OKC Thunder riding the pine in the Central Division, oh, excuse me, Northwest Division. Yeah, the Northwest Division. I'm thinking about football there. Minnesota right in the middle at 10-10, and 10, trailing Utah by one game. We'll be playing them coming up. Danilo Gallinari leading them in scoring. All these players that have played for the Clippers or whoever else. Danilo Gallinari was on the Clippers for a while. And, of course, he was, uh, obviously, he has now wound up on OKC. What a weird team. What a weird freaking team. And all those draft picks that uh, OKC acquired. For Paul George again, also Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, uh, Russell Westbrook long gone as well. 
interesting team. I think the Wolves need to take care of business here. There's like no excuse. Again, Steven Adams is still there. He's still a piece. He's still dangerous, and he's a pain in the butt for Carl Anthony Towns. Danilo Gallinari has torched the Wolves in the past, and Chris Paul has had some huge games against the Wolves. Chris Paul's well past his prime, I gotta think. Obviously, he is. Danilo Gallinari still, you know, he still can play. Obviously, he can still can hit the three. OKC is 17th in the league, which is right about where the Wolves are. About the same three-point percentage, somewhere around there. Field goal percentage, 10th. So they actually make some shots. Points scored 21st and rebounding. They are 25th in the league, which I think is an advantage for Minnesota. And it's a road game, which I think is another advantage for Minnesota. For some reason, we play super good on the road, and I think the Wolves can take care of business here. Very winnable situation. Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Of course, these two teams have not played each other this season. It's going to be a... It's an interesting matchup in terms of it's, it's completely different. You know, it's a completely different team compared to what they've been in the past. Minnesota will be playing OKC four times, as per usual. Of course, being in the division, we'll be playing next on January 13th, then the 25th of January, and March the 13th, much later at OKC. We'll be playing the next two games in Minnesota in January. So... Yeah, to me, there's just no excuse. Minnesota needs to win this game. Uh, Minnesota's actually third in the league in rebounding. And to think I ripped this team for rebounding. But it's just the Denver game was so bad. Uh, it was so frustrating. Field goal percentage, uh, Oklahoma City. I mean, when you have guys like Daniel Golinari, they're going to be way ahead. Our offense is significantly ahead of theirs, generally speaking. But their field goal percentage, they're a little more you know, efficient in just simply hitting their shots versus the Timberwolves. They're 10th in the league. So they're efficient. That's what happens when you have a veteran point guard running things, putting players in the right position to score. But the Wolves have got to win this game, and I think the Wolves do. Minnesota is going to wind up scoring something along the likes of... I th- ah, boy. I think it's going to be something like 120, 110, 120, 108. Minnesota ends up winning the game. Carl Anthony Towns is going to have his moments. He's going to get to 25, 26, but I think Wiggins. This is, this is the team Wiggins always seems to own, even though the players are different now. Andrew Wiggins loves playing in Oklahoma City. He really does. And I expect Andrew Wiggins to eclipse the 30 mark significantly in this game. You'll see a higher efficiency from him than you've seen all week. He might end up getting the, uh, he just may very well wind up getting the the uh, Alpha Wolf Award this, this week. We'll see what happens. He'll be stealing it away from Culver and Towns, right? We'll see what happens. But I expect Wiggins to come out firing and get over 30 points in this game. 33, 35, 38 points from Andrew Wiggins. I'm, I'm, I can just see it coming. And the Wolves win 120-108 over OKC. And if the Wolves lose the game again, it's because of guys like Danilo Gallinari, you know, getting hot from downtown, which can happen, which has happened many times in the past with the Clippers and the Denver Nuggets years ago. Danilo Gallinari has torched the Timberwolves in the past. That would be one of the reasons the Wolves lose the game, if we're unlucky at the end of the day. Now Minnesota will wind up playing against... The Los Angeles Lakers, Sunday night. All right, all right. After the Vikings beat the Detroit Lions, I would hope, on Sunday, I would hope the Minnesota Vikings are going to beat the Detroit Lions. And if we don't, you better cancel your playoff tickets because Los Angeles Rams are going to knock down the Wolves, I think, in that stage. Uh, I I really do. Uh, Los Angeles Lakers. We had some success against them last year when LeBron was hurt. Yeah, that was fun. Actually, we did beat them with LeBron last year, didn't we? which is crazy because we never beat the Cavs with LeBron, never. We'll be playing the Lakers three times. They got that beautiful classic logo that they they, they 
gave up for a while and when they went with the L and stuff, I think that was just an L of a logo. If you want to, if you want to get millennialish, that was an L of a logo. I hated it. Look at the Lakers now. Love the uniforms now. Love that classic. Oh, I love that. And they still have that damn L, don't they? The secondary logo. But they, they were using it for everything, at least on most publications like on Yahoo and such. Now you get the classic Magic Johnson era, even the early Shaq and Kobe era. Oh, I loved it. But I'll, I'll go with Magic any day. LeBron's closer to Magic than Shaq and Kobe. That's for sure. The Lakers have won four out of the last five, losing recently to Doncic. Doncic, Porzingis, and, of course, the Dallas Mavericks, something we did very well the other night as well. 114 to 100. I didn't actually look at their last five with OKC, but we could go back to that possibly. Uh, Lakers, it was basically, uh, they bookended two wins in between the loss there. Beat Denver, beat Utah, back-to-back -back there. And, of course, uh, that was, those are the most recent games. They beat the Utah Jazz one just recently, last night. Uh, two nights ago, pardon me. Uh, Utah Jazz 121-106, just a spanking on national television on uh, ESPN the other night. Just an absolute spanking. Washington Wizards, no surprise there, 125-103. And the New Orleans Pelicans, still without uh, still without Zion Williamson, but he'll be back pretty soon, 114-110. Well, the Depot hasn't been back either, which is frustrating. Wolves will play the Lakers three times, December the 8th, which is Sunday March the 30th, wow, much later, and then April 12th. So we'll be wrapping up the season pretty much with the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James, who might be wrapping up the number one seed in the Western Conference, 19-3. and three. My goodness, Staples Center. Uh, as good as the Wolves' road record is, what an impressive win this would be. Impressive, very impressive win for the Timberwolves. Maybe we'll win, maybe just because of that. Maybe it's just, you know, the Wolves just get up and play. Carl has a big game like he always does in L.A. Carl's going to be the big main factor here against the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James, of course. There's your MVP candidate, Antonio Davis, who's... Uh, uh, did I just call him Antonio Davis? Anthony Davis. I just called him Antonio Davis. I'm losing it. I apologize. <laughs> I can't help it. I'm going crazy. Uh, fun, fun. <laughs> Antonio Davis. Ah, Antonio Davis. But again, yeah, Lakers are just killing everybody. They're second in the league in field goal percentage. No surprise there. 12th and 3-point percentage, 12th in overall offense. You'd think they'd be a little higher, but it doesn't matter. They just win. They just win. And right in the middle in the rebounding category. Almost three blocks a game for Antonio Anthony Davis, yep, who was a great rebounder and shot blocker for the Pacers and such back in the day, Raptors and such. But Pacers is where I really remember him. Uh, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, there's a big drop-off between Davis, uh, after Davis and LeBron, but it is what it is. Good for LeBron. He's been healthy all season. He plays that Tom, he's got that Tom Brady style where he, he's Tom Brady. It's the way he just kind of, you know, he doesn't waste energy when he doesn't need to. That type of thing. It's not slacking off at all. It's walking rather than jogging in, in certain situations when he doesn't have to jog, when he doesn't have to do this, when he doesn't have to do that, when it's a dead ball, a dead ball, just walk. Stuff like that. I, I love that about LeBron. And Tom Brady kind of has, has all these subtle ways of kind of just, you know, maintaining his youth. And that's why LeBron James is still at the top of his game at an older age. Very impressive. Uh, very impressive. Kind of love both of them. LeBron is definitely the Magic Johnson of Los Angeles today, averaging about 11 assists a game. To me, there's no... Uh, to me, I, I don't really think the Timberwolves are going to beat the Lakers. I, I don't. Just because of these two guys... You know, as long as they stay healthy, nothing crazy happens. Or if Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins just 
team up together and just go off. Maybe Rocco gets hot along with that. It would take a combination of players for Minnesota to really, really step up and have a big game, kind of like we did against the Golden State Warriors a couple of years ago in April. That was awesome in the, in the Sam Mitchell and Tom Thibodeau era when we would step up and beat the Warriors late in the season. It would it would take a performance like that from uh, multiple players, like we had uh, Shabazz Muhammad, Zach Levine, and uh, Wiggins, and Wiggins just take off in those games. And then Carl had a huge game with Wiggins uh, the second time around, if I remember correctly. I remember Shabazz Muhammad just went off. Levine went ape. He just kicked ass. And uh, Andrew Wiggins had a huge night as well. I still remember that first one with Sam Mitchell as the coach of the Wolves. That was a lot of fun. Dwight Howard fills his role, this and that. He blocks about a half, uh, one and a half a game. That's really good. They're one of the best shot-blocking teams in the league just for that very statistic. And again, JaVale McGee is averaging o- over a block a game as well. And Mr. <laughs> Mr. Shakhtar Navool himself. <laughs> I, I love it. It's always fun. I, I miss that. Uh, I mean, those are always fun to watch. I love it. I just haven't been watching them lately, and I need to. I need to. For a while there, I was getting tired of TNT, but I'm starting to love it again. Uh, Catavius Caldwell Pope can hit some threes, but he's been a frustration for Vinrock, Vince Germano, Stu Benson, and others for the last couple of years, especially that price tag when he, when he was making about $20 million a year for what he is. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Like $2 million per points per game. Are you kidding me? Get out of town, man. Are you kidding me, man? It's <laughs> pretty, pretty weak stuff. Rajon Rondo, again, Mr. Celtic, Mr. Laker now. He's got to play for two very proud franchises over his career. That's got to be pretty cool. That's uh, every kid's dream to play for the Lakers and Celtics, especially when both teams have been have had success. The Lakers won the, or excuse me, the Celtics won a championship with him, got to the finals again. Now this Laker team might get to the finals, might win it all. That would be every kid's dream, picking up a basketball, to play for the Lakers and the Celtics and maybe even win a championship for both and be actually a factor for those teams. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Much as people rip on Rajon Rondo because he's a little too much, a little bit too, uh, yeah, he's a little too chippy at times, but I don't know. Uh, he's, he's, he's living everyone's dream, i got to tell you, as a basketball player. He's living everyone's dream. Much as you want to, much as me personally, I'd love to play for the Timberwolves. Like, listen to that. Say, like, I would have loved to play for the Timberwolves growing up. To play for the Lakers and Celtics in the in a major success, like with a great player like LeBron or, you know, the Garnets, the Paul Pierce's and uh, Ray Allen's years ago, and he was a huge factor for that team. Man, oh, cool, man. That would be so cool to play for both franchises in big times like that. Anthony Davis and... Uh, LeBron, man. Okay, I'm daydreaming. I'm going off again. Wow, I apologize. I do think the Lakers beat the Timberwolves. Unfortunately, I just think they're too good right now. I 19 and three. They might win 70 games this year. They might. Um, it's a good mix of players. The role players play their roles. Blah blah blah. The main players are getting the job done. LeBron James is literally Magic Johnson right now. He's Magic Johnson with uh, uh, higher uh, higher points per game significantly. Averaging about eight more points a game than Magic most of his career, because Magic was so generous with the ball. Obviously, we all know that he was. That's why he was Magic. You know, he could put the ball anywhere he wanted, any time he wanted. That's why he was so freaking good. Um, as long as they stay healthy, this team should win the. This team should be the favorites to win it all. I mean, they still have not lost a seven-game series after playing twenty-two games. So look, just look at it that way. <laughs> you know. Just look at it that way. L.A. is the best team in the league right now, and they will beat the Timberwolves, unfortunately. Something along the likes of uh, 118. Like, they don't score a whole lot. Their defense is is, the, is a factor. They score, but it's like middle of the road. Their defense is, is a big reason why they're so good, along with the uh, 
the excellent players, obviously, at the top. Uh, it's going to be like 118 to 110, 118, 115. It's going to be a good, epic battle back and forth. I do expect Wiggins to get up for this game and have a big night. Upper 20s, low 30s. Carl Anthony Towns, upper 20s, low 30s. I do expect Covington to hit multiple threes, get to near 20 points a game. I just think the Lakers will be a little too much, and I think the quote-unquote role players for the Timberwolves are not going to be as good. I hope Culver can step up and do well. It's going to be fun to watch him against Rondo. Kind of a couple of guys that can play some defense. Maybe hit a big shot here and there. But Culver's not ready to be a 20-point player yet. Uh, upper teens, low 20s type of guy yet. But when those days come, I think the Wolves could be a threat for the Lakers. And of course, LeBron's only going to get older. Obviously, we all know. Uh, I do think Culver will develop quickly in the next season. We'll see what happens. But I think the Lakers win at 118 112, something along the likes of that, and there you go. I do expect a very entertaining, fun battle, though. If the Wolves come out and get smoked 121 to 90 something, kind of like Utah recently, I'm not going to be a happy camper at all, but who knows? Minnesota versus the Phoenix Suns. Oh, goody. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Why is this going back like this? Apologize. This is the crappy part. I do think the Wolves are going to have a, a lot of energy given up against the Los Angeles Lakers. This is what could hurt the Wolves in a big way. This could give the Wolves a little little losing streak here, unfortunately, kind of like we just had this week, a little, little one. After all that energy spent against the Los Angeles Lakers, hopefully the Wolves can win, but I don't know. It's going to be a tough, a pain-in-the-ass matchup. This Phoenix Suns team has been a pain in the ass. They've been a thorn in the side for the Wolves. I don't know. <clears throat> this game reeks of loss, too. Uh, it's a road game. Again, you know, the Wolves barely lost to the Suns at home, but we only scored 98 points. It was an awful game, actually. We'll be playing the Suns on March 18th and April the 7th, later on in the season after this one. So it'll be a couple months until we get to see Devin Booker again. We'll probably see DeAndre Aiden in March and April. Obviously a valuable player is Mr. Aiden, but he's not been available due to a suspension. Unfortunately for him, Devin Booker can hit a three in his sleep sometimes. Sometimes he can make shots in his sleep, attack the basket. His athleticism and quickness or why his field goal percentage are so high, along with the fact he can shoot. That does help. 25 points a game, almost 95% from the free throw line. That is just sick. That is sick. So the guy obviously has a shot like most of us would dream we could have. Uh, we could only dream. Rubio's averaging about nine assists, but he keeps missing games. Uh, hopefully he gets to play this time for his sake, not for our sake. I think they're a little better with him than without him, of course. Tyler Johnson is just an adequate backup point guard. He's a good, solid back a point guard, but not a guy who's going to make anybody uh, anybody blush, per se. I don't like this matchup. It's been a pain in the butt forever for some reason. Though we've had some good games. I liked when Devin Booker and uh, Gorgie went at it last year. That was funny. Devin Booker's pants almost came down. That was kind of embarrassing. His shorts, whatever, almost came down as he was trying to struggle to get back to, to, to challenge Gorgie Zhang to a fight. I don't think Devin Booker would win that fight. I don't think so. I think Gorgie Zhang is a... I think there's a little something extra with Gorgie that Devin doesn't have in, in that kind of situation. That's just me. I don't like this matchup at all. It's been a pain in the butt. I keep repeating myself. Uh, and depending on how much energy we spend on the Lakers the night before, it's tough to get back. And now you got to play the Suns the next day and you have to travel a little bit, which isn't too far, but it's a little ways. It's a little ways. It's not that close. A couple states away. I don't think the Wolves win this one either. I don't. I think it's low scoring, poor shooting. I just, I don't know. It's a pain in the butt. I hate Phoenix, man. <laughs> They're ninth in the league in field goal, ninth in threes, ninth, fifth in point scored, 26th in rebounding. Again, that's, you know, where the Wolves hopefully can take advantage and do something, but they didn't last time. 
only 98 bleeping points, and I think it's going to be a similar situation. Phoenix might go off for like 110 or something, but I think it's going to be like 106, 105, 108 to like 100, something like that Phoenix. Unfortunately, we're going to need a big game from Carl. He's had some big ones against the Suns. Andrew's had some big games against the Suns in the past. Um, it just ah, This matchup is a that just drives me nuts. I hate it. I hate the freaking Suns, man. Uh, we always struggle against them, and I don't understand it. Culver started at forward last time around, which is weird. Carl had a massive game. Wiggins stunk, 9 of 21. Awful. Uh, Carl, Carl's going to be the guy. Carl's going to be the guy to lead this club. Kato Bates shot, but a big breakout of a game, 9 of 18. And he missed some threes in this game, but uh, that previous game, but he really uh, torched it. Carl's stupid three from China, though, was not very exciting for me. Made me want to scream and curse at the uh, semi-TV screen. We'll call it a 4K uh, phone screen. <laughs> 4K, even though the video quality is never 4K on, on cable TV or of any kind. There is no 4K live television, really, unless you're really lucky. Most of it's all 720. It's still in 2019, which is ridiculous. Um, so, <laughs> with that said... I expect Carl to have another big game, but I don't think the Wolves win. I think this will be a close, frustrating loss again to the Phoenix Blippin' Suns until they prove otherwise. That's just how it's been. I hate it, man. I can't stand it. I hate this matchup. Okay, I've repeated myself 70 times now. The Utah Spaz. We get the Spaz against the Utah Jazz coming up. Well, at least Rubio's not on them anymore to drive me even more crazy. Hit some catch-and-shoot threes and piss us off some more like he did the last couple of years. I, I, uh, this matchup is kind of funny at times. Wolves have had some good moments against this club. In fact, we did recently. <clears throat> well, it's the typical Timberwolves this year. We beat them by 10 on the road and lost by 8 at home. That sounds about right. Sounds about right. We're at home again. Uh, uh, okay, I'm not going to pick a loss here. I can't. I refuse to. I think this team is going to be mad and frustrated after losing two in a row, especially against the Phoenix bleeping Suns again, which I'm about ready to... Ugh, I'm about ready to go ape crap about that. I, I'm so tired of it. Uh, Utah's obviously a pain in the butt to play against as well. Donovan Mitchell's a guy who can... He's, he's streaky. He gets hot, he gets cold, he gets hot, he gets cold. They're 19th in the league in field goal percentage. I think that's because of guys like Donovan Mitchell. Uh, fifth in the league in three-point percentage, which has been the Wolves' Achilles heel forever. Forever. Since, you know, since, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Bill, Bill Musselman was coach. We've been giving up threes. Uh, 16th in rebounding. Ah, da, 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 da. 25 a game for Mitchell. A little under that, but still 37% from downtown. Bogdanovich torched us last time around. God almighty, that guy didn't miss a shot last time around. Rudy Gobert is a pain in the ass to play against. Everybody knows that. <clears throat> He'll just poke that ball away with those long arms. He's a defensive player in the league, basically. Best defensive player in the league. He's like a 14 and 14 guy. 14 points, 14 rebounds. He'll frustrate the hell out of you. He'll get those cheap tip-ins. Jeff Green is a nice, solid, you know, nice, solid role player. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Mike Conley is a shell of himself, I think. He can't shoot anymore. He, he cannot shoot anymore, let's just be honest. But he can hit the three on occasion, which is probably what he'll do against the Timberwolves because everybody does because they, it's just how it is. Emmanuel Moutier, uh, he, again, a guy, he'll... He makes shots from the floor, but he can't shoot from outside at all. He's a strange, strange, strange cat, that uh, Emmanuel, Moutier, Emmanuel Moutier. Another guy who's hot and cold is Joe Ingles. When he's hot, he's hot. And when he's not, he's not. Like, he can be, he can be like, 9 of 10. And the next day, he can be, like, 2 of 12. 
that type of thing. And it's always, do you ever notice the field goal attempts get, go higher when a guy's not shooting well than when they are shooting well? Did you ever notice that? It's like, oh, 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 I can, I can come out of it. I'm not going to keep missing. And, you know, they're like two of 20. You know, that's, that's just great basketball, isn't it? At the end of the day, I think the Wolves beat the Utah Jazz, believe it or not. I'm just going out on a limb here. I mean, this is like, I can't pick the Wolves to go one and three. I can't. Uh, Utah's not that great, and the Wolves need to win this game. I think they're going to be pissed off if they're losing to the Lakers and Suns, and maybe we beat the Suns. Maybe we beat the Suns. Maybe we beat the Lakers, too, or we beat one of them. But I think one way or another, the Wolves are going to beat the Utah Jazz and get their at least their fourth win at home. I got to hope their fourth win at home, because they're going to be playing a lot of road games here. A couple, uh, three roadies here coming up. Well, four now after Dallas. Uh, I think the Wolves do beat the Jazz. Oh, something along the likes of... I mean, how have the Jazz been doing lately? The Jazz, they have... Yeah, they've not been playing well. They're 1-4. and four. They only beat the Memphis Grizzlies, which is, again, something we can't do, which is driving me nuts. Uh, other than losing to the Lakers big time recently. Being, losing to Philly, losing to Toronto, getting crushed by them. Getting crushed by Indy, too. Utah's not been playing so hot of late. I think the Wolves are going to get the win. Uh, we'll go with 115 to... That's going to be a close one. 115-114. Very close back and forth matchup. Carl Anthony Towns, come on out and play. Get your uh, get your 35 points here, hopefully, against Rudy Gobert. But then again, no, I don't think so. I think it's going to be more like Wiggins and Culver and Covington, guys like that. Uh, Carl has struggled against Rudy Gobert. He, he has. He has had his moments. He has really had his moments. Uh, only 10 field goal attempts last time around. Barely got the ball in the game, but he did make his threes in catch-and-shoot uh, momentum fashion. I, I'm expecting Wiggins to lead the club in scoring in this game. And again, some help from Cal- uh, Culver and Covington. And of course, Towns as well, hitting from the outside in those catch-and-shoot uh, situations when you're not going to get Rudy Gobert out too far <laughs> at the end of the day, because you're probably not. You're gonna want, they're going to keep him down low. That's the best way Carl Anthony Towns is going to score points against the Utah Jazz and on some of those catch-and-shoot threes in those situations. But the Wolves do beat the Jazz barely in Target Center. With that said, we'll take a quick break, come back, and wrap the show up with some fan interaction. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, segment number three, fan interaction segment. It's going to be a little quiet, but we will hear from Wayne Hunt, who is obviously uh, <laughs> one of the best ever. Love the guy. Love when he posts. Got to love that. We'll get to that in one second. At Wolves Explosion, at Wolves Explosion is the Twitter account for the Timberwolves Explosion podcast or Timberwolves Explosion show. Vinrock, Vince Germano, Tene Brown, and Levi Brown out of New Zealand. Vinrock Vince Germano is out of Australia. Can't thank you guys enough for retweeting the most recent show. God bless you very much. It was called the From the Top of the Key, episode 265. Feels like there should be more episodes by now, but kind of is what it is. <laughs> Some stuff I see is funny on Twitter. Ah, okay, someone followed. Let's give them a follow. Who are, who are you? Who are you? Uh-huh. Okay, followed. Yep, 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 yep. Reese Fredretti. He was uh, tweeting about something else. <laughs> not not basketball related. It's kind of funny. Not to me. Just recent tweet from Doug West. Ah, he's he's alive. He doesn't... Uh, huh. 
Michael Holzer, there he is. Okay, let's go. Let's go to see what Doug West had to say. Now I'm curious. Now I'm curious. So you really think you're a shooter? This is a shooter. Look at his teammate waiting. Yep, oh, I see. Just keeps making every shot. <laughs> Almost looks like Zach Levine a little bit. I don't think it is, though. <laughs> no. Oh, uh, Prussia. Okay, very interesting. Pennsylvania. Yep, yep, yep. Doug West. Yeah, I got to get him on this show someday. I've wanted to, I've been thinking about that forever. I got I wonder if he'd even respond to me if I tweeted him, but I guess you can never, you'll never know unless you try, right? So that's Twitter for now. I need to tweet more often. I never do lately. Ugh, got to tweet, try to tweet during games. I think I would get a lot of conversation going, but let's hear from Wayne Hunt, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion, facebook.com forward slash Timberwolves Explosion. Wayne Hunt, yes, I'm going to say it, the alpha dog of the courtside podcast, Wayne Hunt, Vinrock, Vince Germano. Wayne Hunt is out of Sydney, Australia. Vinrock, Vince Germano is out of Melbourne, Australia. And Stu Benson is the second richest man in Sydney, according to uh, the uh, introduction there. The Courtside Podcast, they form a spectacular duo. Wayne Hunt is a Memphis fan. Vinrock, Vince Germano, and Stu Benson are Laker fans. And, of course, this is a, I'm a Timberwolves fan. I think you could kind of say that. And, you know, I like to follow the whole league as best possible to bring a better show to you, of course, because having knowledge of all the teams throughout the league, it's a little better to analyze what's going on and compare players. And, of course, uh, you know, you can tell I'm seeing things out of Jared Culver that are making me feel good. I am. I'm seeing things out of him that are making me feel positive, even though his statistics don't show it just quite yet. There's signs. There's signs that that's a guy that's going to be a valuable player for years to come. I like the way he challenges players, and he, he doesn't just let people go right around him. It's a good sign. Very encouraging sign. He challenges and then actually does something. He doesn't just hold his own, you know, like certain, like Indy Eby held his own against LeBron James and that meant a whole lot of nothing. He didn't do anything. He, he didn't. So what? He held his own. Right? Why? Well, he didn't get flat killed. But then you have Jared Culver just stripping the ball right out of Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic did not look good in that play. Jared Culver was the better player there. So that, that, that's a good sign. Very good sign. Okay, Wayne Hunt. Let's get to what he had to say here because the Wolves played Memphis again. And what happened? <laughs> and he was joking about, I was like, stop losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> yeah, stop losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. All right. So let's get to him. He says, I'm not sure what's happening on your end, but could you stop losing to Memphis? Oh, now I lost it. Okay, can you stop losing to Memphis? I'm starting to get false hopes that we can make the playoffs. Zing! Oh, I love when he does that. <laughs> Seriously, though, you can't lose to rebuilding teams. That just shows a lack of focus. You're damn right it does. Especially without, yeah, boy, he's going to get you here, without core players. Yeah. He says, dude, I just went back and watched the Memphis game. What the heck? You can't lose to a rebuilding team that has its core players out. You might as well have lost to a G League team. Cat has got to earn a good three-point shot from a bad one. Has has got to learn a uh, learn a good three point shot from the from a bad one, yeah. He takes stupid shots sometimes, and I don't know. It's youth. It's it's this feeling like I can. I I'm, I'm a great three point shooter. I can shoot from anywhere. No, you got to know your strengths, know your weaknesses. Catch and shoot from the top of the key. Go for it. I mean, that was the last episode. Top of the key from Cat. Top of the key. Fifty percent, baby. Sometimes though, sometimes you got to chill out. You can't just shoot that all the time because maybe it's not your night. That's another problem. He says Cat has got to learn a good three-point shot from a bad one. Get in the paint, which I would appreciate as well. I would appreciate that in a big well. Get in the paint for Carl. Bruno Cabucho, 13 rebounds and Crowder, 10 rebounds. Yeah, and this is a team that's third in the league in rebounding the Wolves. Yet, see, that's the thing. We're third in the league in rebounds, 
Yet, we've gotten beat multiple games this way by not rebounding. That's what drives me insane. When you're like third in the league in rebounding, yet there have been games when literally the rebounding is why you lost. Or, well, it's a big reason why you lost. You lose possession of the ball. You don't have the ball. You can't score. You don't. You can't score. You can't win. You know, it's that simple. Uh, he says, I know I brought it up a few weeks ago, but you guys really do need a leader. Uh-huh. A floor general who won't stop playing hard until the final whistle. I love my Grizz, Grizz but I would be livid if I was a Wolves fan after this one. And I was. Yes, I was livid, all right. Could you tell? Could you tell? <laughs> all this game says is no focus, no heart, and you looked too far ahead on the calendar. Yeah, I don't know if we're thinking about Doncic, and we lost that one too, by the way, or LeBron coming up on Sunday. I don't know. Whatever it was, they just figured, maybe they figured, oh, you know, we can we can win. We're, our, our road record is so good, and we can beat the Memphis Grizzlies. They're not that great. Our, our home record isn't good, but we'll we'll take care of it. We'll we'll take care of things. We can win at home against this Memphis team. It's just Memphis. They're only six and thirteen or five and thirteen at the time. Uh, no. No. You 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 just you can't screw around like that. And I agree one hundred and ten percent with you, uh, Wayne Hunt. Thank you so much. I love when you post. Please keep these coming. Because you're you're a gem to this show. You truly are. I mean that a hundred percent sincerely. That's why I plug your show. Like I've never plugged any show ever. Uh, Wayne Hunt created the uh, courtside podcast brought on Vince Germano has brought on Stu Benson uh, the last couple of years, about two, three years now. Stu Benson's been on the show. He was always a part of things, always commenting on the on the page for the Courtside Podcast. But uh, over the years, it's really developed into a great show, like it always was in the past as well. They go back to 2010, 2011-ish. They were, they were still posting shows during the, the lockout. Me and Marcus posted one show, so we were around. We did post one show, and it did super well because fans were so excited. And plus, that was the famous, uh, it was called State of the Timberwolves 2011 Part 2, where we were kind of talking about Rick Edelman and all that because Rick Edelman had been uh, hired as coach during that time. Um, and then, because uh, you can still hire coaches during the lockout, nothing to do with the players. And we talked about that. We talked about Ricky Rubio and all them coming and begging and praying that the damn lockout would end. And then I, we went on into imitating Al Pacino and uh, Christopher Walken. That was a lot of fun. Al Pacino and Christopher Walken, uh, way back in 2011. So yeah, just saying, you know. But uh, the court side, they just kept releasing shows during the entire lockout. How cool is that? I didn't jump on board until 2012, embarrassingly. So that's the one thing. I, I didn't jump on the courtside podcast bandwagon until 2012. I didn't, you know, I didn't didn't meet them yet. Didn't know them uh, ever since though, 2012. I just, oh, what a wonderful year that truly was in a lot of ways. Got to meet those guys, which is awesome people they are, and uh, met so many good friends over the years from there. Australia, now uh, New Zealand as well. Like like a year after that, 2013, Tane, and then and then Levi, like a year or so after that. Love you guys so freaking much. You don't know how much, man. You don't know how much. Uh, if I have like 10 listeners left, I hope it's all of you guys. Seriously, if only 10 listeners are, are left on this show, I hope it's all of you. Every one of you guys. <laughs> With that said, I want to thank all of you that do listen. Thank you so much again. Hope to hear from you soon. Some of you that I haven't met from Australia, locally here in the Twin Cities. Got to meet some local people. Uh, have met some. I've met Brandon. I believe he's from South Dakota, which is totally fine. South Dakota has got some awesome sports fans. Hockey, obviously basketball, and football, of course. Uh, Tony Coleman in the Purple Mafia world there. That's the Minnesota Vikings podcast I do with the Purple Mafia. Uh, God bless all of you locally here in the Twin Cities. And, you know, in the five-state region here, Iowa and such. Thank you for listening for the, to the show as well. Got to give you credit as well for being a part of things. Want to meet you. Get to me. Uh, join the Facebook page. Tweet me, whatever it is. Call into the show. The way you can call in is through voice, uh, or excuse me, audio submission. 
Every smart device on the planet has a free voice recording application, or you can even download one if it doesn't, but it does. But even if, but if you want one that's prettier or something, you can download. Simply press the record button, treat it like a phone call, hit stop, save it, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. You just basically share, send, whatever. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information will be in the show description to make things easier if you need to for like copy, paste, whatever. In the show description, Apple and Stitcher, Google, all that, you'll all be able to see it. Back. So like right now as I'm talking, you can see it. Literally, you can see it. Even though I personally myself at this second where I haven't typed it in. But obviously when you're listening, you can see it. Duh. Like, you know how that works. Um, I want to ask anybody out there as well, if you're willing to, to write a positive review for the show on iTunes slash Apple Podcast. If you have the time to do that, it would be greatly appreciated. Stitcher, Double Twist. Uh, I don't know if Double Twist has it, but I'm pretty sure Google Podcasts have it. Uh, if you can write a positive rating about the show, I'd greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And uh, can't thank you enough. I'd mention you and thank you right here on the air. If, if, if indeed, if and when I do see it, can't thank you enough in advance for those of you that have done that. Um, but by the way, when you email me the uh, the file, more than likely it won't be an MP3 right, right away, which is totally fine. It'll take me ten seconds basically to go to zamzar or converto.com. They will convert it to me for free in seconds, basically, into an MP3 file so I can put it right here in this uh, uh, editing software, Audacity. Get things rolling and uh, have it right here. Have it on on the third segment for fan interaction. Zamzar and Converto.com provide a free service, so I'm more than happy to give them a free plug each and every show just because of that. And, of course, if you have a bigger file to convert, you can join it for a cheap price monthly subscription if you need to do it regularly for business or God knows what else you're doing. Maybe uh, entertainment, which would probably be business if you're doing a file that big and doing it that often. With that said, want to thank all of you for listening. God bless you. Hope you're enjoying the Christmas season. Hope you had a safe <laughs> Black Friday. Hope you got home okay. Got what you wanted if you were really into it. Black Friday, Cyber Friday, Cyber Monday, Cyber, Cyber, Cyber. I'm all about cyber. Screw the screw going out in person unless you know it's right there and you can get it right now. That'd be the only reason I'd go in person. Heck, one time I went in person, and I had to get it offline anyway, or off the internet anyway. That was just this Christmas tree I'm looking at right here right now. It was on a good sale, and I needed a new tree because the light, the wiring just stopped working on the previous one. So I got this new one here last last Black Friday, not this recent, not, not this year, that way. So I just, I'm right there in the store buying it off the internet, you know, buying it off the Target application. So go figure. Do you, do you get it now? Cyber versus in-person? because it wasn't there, it was gone already, there was like room for like two of them or three of them, where, you know, the warehouse, who knows, there might be a hundred of them, and I got it, so, bada bing, bada boom, just waited another day and didn't pay a penny for shipping, not that I, why am I, why am I even talking about that, but then again, I'm just making fun of how silly Black Friday, it's going out on Thanksgiving Day, come on, man, I don't, I, I don't know, I think that's silly, going online on Thanksgiving Day, okay, yeah, 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 okay. That's how I got the TV right there. So, easy. Easy peasy. With that said, I'll shut up now. Hope you're having a, a good time. Hope you enjoy the show. We'll talk to you next week. Hopefully the Wolves have more success than I'm projecting at this point. <laughs>